This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. TNT Radio wants you to get on our soapbox because your opinion matters. Tell us what you really think at tntradio.live. Upload a video, some audio, or drop us a note on TNT Radio's Soapbox, lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's news talk, TNT Radio. Political neutrality, not with Timothy Shea. This is The Reckoning with Timothy Shea on today's news talk radio, TNT. TNT. Welcome back for part two of my interview on transhumanism with Dustin Gold. You can see his show, The Dustin Gold Standard, on all the podcast platforms and the ad-free version on pain.tv. That's P-A-I-N-E dot TV slash gold. Dustin, you talked about the eugenics movement. You talk about the how this all came out of the progressives and how they used the minimum wage to be able to drive people out of the workforce and then be able to marginalize them to the point where they could be chemically castrated or, or even euthanized the eugenics movement, the euthanasia movement. And at the same time, the notion of overpopulation, they've been on and on and on about how the planet is overpopulated. And if you look at an analysis of the numbers, right, the planet's not overpopulated. We've got incredibly populated cities and most of the, planet's landmass is unpopulated now not all of that is arable land not all of it's livable you've got the uh, siberian steppes you've got you know the far north you've got the sahara desert and the gobi desert but you could take every single person if you were to stand shoulder to shoulder you could take every single person on the planet and fit them within the confines of new york city okay now that's not a great way to live shoulder to shoulder right so let's say you wanted the density of manhattan you could take all of humanity at the density of Manhattan, which is extremely livable, and simply be on the island of Australia, right? So most of the planet is uninhabited or under-inhabited. We do not have a population crisis. We are not overpopulated. In fact, there was a famous wager back in the 1980s between one of the overpopulation people and someone who had some sense. And they said, I'll allow you to pick a basket of commodities. You choose the commodities. And in 10 years' time, not only the entire basket, but every single commodity in the basket will be cheaper. And sure enough, it was, because what they always fail to account for, ironically, is technology, right? So you've got technological advantages. We've got GPS farming now where you don't overseed because the tractor knows exactly where it has been and where it needs to go to lay down the rows of corn, for example, or wheat without any seed overlap, without any wastage. So we consistently increase the productivity of land. We increase the amount of food that we can generate, which they kind of figured out finally. And now we're seeing 
concentration of farmland owned by the Chinese government, owned by Bill Gates, owned by all of these elites. I don't think it's because they want to feed us, Dustin. No, well, if you look at what's coming out of the United Nations with their 30 by 30 plan, which is by 2030, they want to control 30% of the oceans, 30% of the land. And if you go out to 2050, you can find this in the Bank for International Settlement documents. They want to control 50% of the oceans and the land. So they want to drive everyone into the overpopulated areas. Now, would you not find this to be interesting that the same people who are talking about overpopulation all the time, people like Bill Gates, let's say, because people are most familiar with Bill Gates, someone who back in 2010 at TED Talks said, if we do a great job with healthcare, a great job with our new vaccines, and a great job with family planning, that's um, abortion is what he's talking about, we can lower the population by 10 to 15%. Now, that's not fake news. That hasn't been fact-checked. You can watch the whole speech that is in context with what bill gates actually said but the same people the same technocrats and transhumanists that talk about overpopulation are the same people that are offering this idea of immortality now if you made everyone immortal would that not lead to more overpopulation see this is the when you break these guys down and you look at them from a common sense standpoint you say well they're lying about one side or the other are they lying about the overpopulation or are they lying about offering everyone immortality because they love you now at the same time these well guys, you see they're going to offer it they're going to offer it dustin right they're going to offer everybody immortality but unfortunately I, I, I strongly suspect that a lot of those servers are going to go down. Oh, we had a power outage. <laughs> well, that's there goes that's your exactly digital true. immortality. <laughs> right. They, they believe that they're going to get the immortality. That's the truth. The rest of us that are allowed to live end up as slaves in the digital prison planet matrix metaverse system. Okay, the ones that get to live. And there's a reason why you're going to get to live, because either they're going to turn you into a battery, an air filter, or a DNA storage drive to power this entire system. We could get into that at another time, all the technology they're building with that. But when you go back to the technocrats out of the early 1900s, part of the argument they were making was that the industrial era, which they claim responsibility for, the scientists, the engineers, the machinists, the technologists, created a population boom because we made the ability to produce things easier. It was also driving people out of work with the machines and then more people were having more babies. And they say, that's why you have to put us in charge. Now, so all of a sudden you create what appears to be overpopulation and then you offer a solution which is depopulation. This is the same way that Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood, did it. She helped create the so-called free love movement, which then led to more women getting pregnant that didn't want to be pregnant. And then the solution was, hey, you can get an abortion. Uh, see, they, they always use this problem-reaction-solution loop. They create the problems, they provoke the reactions, they offer the solution, and we see that happen time and time again. I mean, it, it really becomes so obvious once you actually recognize what it is these people are doing so in my eyes they create this problem that they call overpopulation so that they can then offer the solution which is depopulation look how many people 
uh, pre-COVID land, the high school theater production would be driving around near Atlanta, you know, Atlanta, Georgia, or driving around in Los Angeles or New York City, and you'd be screaming, oh my God, I wish half these people were gone. You sound like Thanos in uh, Marvel. In the Marvel uh, superhero movies, right? You just want to snap your fingers. Now, COVID land opens back up a year ago. The highways get bad. There's horrible drivers out there, and you're saying it again. They're priming you for when they're getting ready to say, you know what would be a great idea if we just killed 50% of the people? I mean, it's honestly the setup is there. You know, that worked out so well. That worked out so well. Let's do it again. (laughs) Yeah. I'm telling you, it's you can see it in action at all times. Now, it was interesting because before the break, you mentioned looking at this from a spiritual sense. And one of the things we got into recently on my show, and now I, I got into this thing, I'm lining up all these different pastors to come on as guests because I want to talk to people about their interpretation of the Antichrist, you know, in a biblical sense. Because one of the theories I floated out there on one of the shows with a guest a few weeks ago uh, was this idea of artificial intelligence actually being the Antichrist. And I know about a lot of different technologies, so a way that it can come to people. Because one of the things that the guest brought up was the Tower of Babel and how everyone spoke the same language and then God broke us up into nation states, created all these different languages, and it would make it more difficult for one man, like a dictator, to rise who could, uh, or, or the Antichrist to rise to speak to all the men at one time, right? So we have, what, 200 languages? I mean, in India, there's over 20 dialects. So I said to the guest, how could Satan or how could the Antichrist come to us in the form of a man uh, when this man could not speak to everyone on the planet in 200 different languages? First off, in the United States, we generally think a little smaller. So you'll hear people, is Obama the Antichrist? Is Trump the Antichrist? Is Biden the Antichrist? Is Elon Musk the Antichrist? Well, at any given time, half the country hates that person. So they're not going to get those people on board. And then the rest of the world, probably only 20% even know who those people are. And unless it's transcribed for them, they can't understand them anyway. So what is this Antichrist? Does it have to come in the form of a man? How do you see it, Timothy? Because I know you've been studying this stuff for a long time. And I figure I'll ask you, you a question about this. You know, that's a fascinating idea. And I really... I hadn't uh, thought of that before, but if you look at it, Dustin, what does the Antichrist do in the Bible? He brings global peace and prosperity. Wars are ended. Everyone is well-fed. And, yeah, we've traditionally looked at it as being a person, but what if the person was a digital fiction? With the deep fake videos, it could be a person, right? It could be anthropomorphized AI consciousness. Exactly. Now, I want to blow your audience's mind. Moreover, moreover, <laughs> yep, moreover, what if, in, in addition to speaking to everyone in their own native language, they appeared to those people as one of them? Ah, you must have listened to my show. No, so I wanted to blow your I haven't. mind. This is, this is a case of first impression. No, this is, this is fantastic because that's what I started uh, just riffing on to this uh, guest I had on. And I said to them, imagine 
the ability for this, like if it had to come in the form of a human, right? So imagine us five or 10 years down the road where a lot of people are going to be walking around with augmented reality glasses or virtual reality glasses or AR contact lenses or eyeglasses, you know, all this different stuff that's coming. So imagine if this character, this person, this thing comes to you in the form of a human. And as you just mentioned with deepfake, so I started doing uh, research on deepfake five or six years ago. Well, I started looking at to this company, Synthesia, S-Y-N-T-H-E-S-I-A, a couple of weeks ago. And Synthesia is actually, the original money came from Mark Cuban, and the guy who was the co-founder of this company was one of the original professors who created deepfake technology. Now, he's tied in with another gentleman named Lars Butler, who is partnered with former head of the NSA, uh-huh. Keith Alexander, on a company called Artificial Intelligence Foundation that I did about six episodes on a few months back. And so this company, Synthesia now, has a software for $30 a month. You can pick uh, from about 100 different human forms, and you can type in the text and you can create whatever commercials or training videos and you can actually have that character push that out in 65 different languages it looks real it's one of the closest uh, ai projections to a human i've seen so far so i said so just imagine a technology like that now let's say this antichrist comes to you tim and it starts talking to you i don't know you're feeling down so it comes to you in the form of a psychiatrist or if you like cooking it comes to you in the form of a cook and because they have such a large digital footprint on every single one of us right that's constantly being run through algorithms through the servers through this artificial intelligence we uh i was led to believe and i thought for a while the idea was to create a digital twin or a mind twin of each of us that lives inside of this metaverse world and that's why they were collecting all the data but then i started to say well imagine the data was actually going to be used against you just like how they'd use it to send you quote-unquote better advertisements but now this character powered by ai with a deep fake skin a human puppet skin could actually talk to you in real time and if you're an african guy with a plate lip it could come to you in the form as an african guy with a plate lip or if you're um, a mountain man up in poland somewhere a highlander it comes to you in that form and it can speak to you in real time back and forth because it's operating on this database this digital footprint it already has on you it knows your emotions it knows your thoughts and if you're walking around with a fitbit or an iWatch or any other device connected to the internet of bodies you're actually feeding your heart rate your oxygen levels and everything back into the system i mean this is something that they're making bus drivers in china wear uh, for the purpose of reading their emotions they're actually doing this they're doing it in dubai as well so people are walking around with this stuff on you're actually feeding your emotions back to the system and this is what yuval noah harari has talked about that those who control the data will be the gods of the new era elon musk has talked about this on rogan's show as well that we are just nodes in the system and every interaction we have with technology we are feeding the system and helping them build this ai hive mind so i started to flesh this well that's exactly what all those things on yeah that's exactly what all those things on facebook are tell us your favorite books your favorite movies your favorite music take this quiz what does your name mean about you it's like yeah there's nothing to do with your name Has all to do with how you're going to answer those questions, right? It's literally, you're helping them build the board. Look forward to continuing this after the break. You're listening to The Reckoning on TNT Radio.
A cashless society means zero cash. No tipping the waiter or hairdresser. No giving to busking musicians. No selling unwanted items for cash. No buying anything with privacy. Digital currency means every cent you receive will be recorded and every transaction tracked. Lighting the fuse for freedom. TNT Radio. It's a scary idea, right? This is terrifying. What they want to create for us. Humanity devoid of humanity. Right? We say things are a crime against humanity. What do we mean when we say humanity? We're talking about the collective the collective soul, the collective spirit of us, our our values, our morals, our mores. And they're really looking at a post-spiritual world they want to create for us. Oh, um, were you passing it off to me? I'm sorry. I was uh, over here. I was handing it off. I teeing it up there for you. (laughs) Oh, wow. That's pretty good. Yeah. No, no. I I definitely see it that way. I definitely see it. And it's it's beyond a post-spiritual world. It's going to be a post-human world. There's just no two ways about it. The only uh, logical conclusion in all of this is that humans will be engineered out of existence. If you go back to the uh, beginnings of technocracy, uh, really coming out of 1919 out of Columbia University, headed up by a guy named Howard Scott. Eventually, he formed what was called the Technocracy Technocracy Incorporated in uh, 1933, where they really started to put all this down. And I came across a treasure trove of documents that I've analyzed a lot of these on my show. I call them really the founding documents of the actual government that we live under today these are more detailed than the federalist papers uh really details this now you're seeing a lot of this coming to to fruition now because i believe they actually have the technology to pull it off but they deemed us humans to be inefficient going back to the 1920s and they did this on a formula where they called us the human engine we were a human engine and The energy that we took in, because this system of technocracy is based on energy, today you're going to hear of it based in carbon credits. They just changed the branding around. But it was based in energy. And so with the food and the oxygen that we take in, we only put 10% of that back into the workforce. And so they deemed us to be inefficient a long time ago. And so part of what they're constantly doing is trying to streamline the physical world, the natural world, streamline humanity to fit the scientists and the engineers and the technologists' vision for what should be efficient and what should be perfect. And so the only logical conclusion, if you allow these people to continue, is that they will engineer the natural world and humanity out of existence. At least that would be what I see their end goal as. Some of them may not realize that that's what it's going to be, But I put this into context with progressivism and sort of Saul Alinsky progressivism, this idea that there's no real goal in mind. And even Alinsky would say, uh, someone who did have a dedication in Rules for Radicals to Lucifer, you know, the true uh, original community organizer, as he put it, but Alinsky would tell the people he was training to become community organizers that you want to take this community here in the city and organize them around getting new sidewalks 
And once they win that battle and they get new sidewalks, they're on this plateau and the uh, fog will clear from the plateau. And then you point to the next plateau and you go, oh, we're not done. There's the next plateau. And so you send them on another mission. And the idea was that eventually culture and society would eat itself alive. I mean, even Alinsky himself talked about bringing hell on earth because he grew up as a have-not and therefore he wanted to punish the haves. It was a selfish thing that Saul Alinsky was out there doing. It was more about power and control than the money I think he was getting because he was somewhat of a grifter. But this is what the technocracy, this is what transhumanists, they all, I think, revolve around this same base ideology that there's really no end goal in mind. It will continue to progress towards their idea of perfection or utopia. And because they don't have a clear vision of what their utopia is and what perfection is, it will only end with the destruction of all humans and the natural world itself. Unless, let's say, God intervenes. But as far as what these guys are doing, the people in power who have control and have wealth and have influence, this is obviously what they're moving towards. And they have how many? Hundreds, if not thousands of NGOs and think tanks and and uh, organizations working on this stuff 24-7, 365. It really is. And I spoke last night with Canadian Patriot, and she was talking about how perversely Canada is a pedophile's Disneyland. And what they're doing up there with foundations makes what they're doing down here with foundations look like child's play because in canada they don't have the transparency laws uh, with regard to donors so what all these clintonistas and all the schwab types and the soros types are doing with their money is taking it to canada and funneling it into foundations up there and we can see the effect of what what's happening in our northern neighbor it's not good and it's all being done funded by these people with foundations that completely lack transparency nobody knows who their donors are they're out there pushing these agendas that are uh anti-moral they're not just immoral they're actually anti-moral and anti-humanity they really do i you know i quipped on my show patriot uprising show a few years ago it just came to me when i was on a rant i called them commiecrats i said they hate you they hate me they hate america but it's far more than the the republicrat party because i think three quarters of the republicans as do you three quarters of the republicans are completely useless and in the tank with all of this as well uh but this is really it is it's it's we're no longer in a left what right paradigm we're in an up versus down paradigm Oh, I definitely agree with that. No, wait, just because I hadn't heard about that. You said in Canada. So what's going on with the pedophilia part of it? Oh, it's it's rampant up there, and it's all being pushed by these NGOs and foundations that don't have to disclose under Canadian law who their donors are. Wow. So all the, you know, like CPS is one of the biggest child traffickers here in the United States. It's on steroids, apparently, up in Canada. And it's all being fostered by these NGOs that don't have to report who their donors are. Right? You're listening well, to The Reckoning on TNT Radio.